The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. gang i'm sitting down now with kyler croft he's the founder of saddlebrook life they build these beautiful um i don't even want to call them tiny homes because when you walk in when when you see pictures and i anticipate when you walk in one it feels they look definitely much bigger than than you would think from the outside but hey man thanks for joining me on the dealer playbook Man, I'm honored uh, to finally be here after try number two, but I'm uh, finally <laughs> round two, finally ready man. to go. <laughs> it's, deja, it's just deja vu. We ha- we haven't really tried this before. <laughs> no, we haven't tried it. It's then to be honest with you, it, uh, definitely it's part of business. Sometimes uh, you have these failures, but you just keep on going and keep on trying. We have some Wi-Fi problems, some reschedules, and here hey. we finally are. Though, hey, the, be the a cool good, thing be is, a good one. A hundred years ago, you would have had to jump on a horse and ride for seven days just to get to where I was. And then we would dictate everything to paper. <laughs> that is true. With where technology is versus back then. Yeah, it's, That's it's crazy it. where, where tech um, is going. You and I met for the first time just a few weeks ago uh, at Glenn Lundy's 800% over there in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, you were actually, so I'm sitting there setting up Glenn's studio and you and your brother just kind of roll in and I'm like, who are these good looking dudes? You know, I'm like, what, what's the deal here? And you guys just sat down and then you're like, oh yeah, we, we got this business. And you kind of like, didn't tell me much, but you're like, yeah, we got this business. We're talking marketing. We're doing the whole thing. Unbeknownst to me at the time that Glenn's got it set up where you and your brother are going to go on stage and share your story. And right out of the gates, you're like, yeah, so we grew up Amish and we were all like, what are you talking about (laughs) you know what are you talking about so i think i want to start here you you grow up amish next thing you know you guys are overseeing this massive uh you're you're growing this massive tiny homes business how do you get from growing up amish to what you're doing today with saddlebrook life so growing up amish man and you know that i shared on the stage but you know, you have no technology. You don't, you know, you don't grow up with TVs in the house. You don't grow up with it, you know, any phones or anything. Um, but where it started was we just, we had, I had to start somewhere. Even though technology, when I started it in 2018, I wasn't, I mean, I had a phone. We had all that stuff, you know, when I got to like 14, 15 years old, that's kind of when I, we sh- made that shift where we were starting to get more technology and where we kind of got, you know, used to what's the world, you know, the, technology part now did we know everything that you knew about technology no but right coming like, from where just, we come from tell tell me about your first experience holding a cell phone because i can only imagine i mean it's probably was a probably different different kind of experience than just the normal american <laughs> because you don't you know you grew up with not allowed to have something like that then you get where hey now i have a cell phone to where i actually make a you know getting on that same frequency i can 
give you a call and you know call you it's not you know totally it, totally different it, experience it like i mean amish they must know that all of these things exist right it's a very sheltered world they do not you don't know everything that goes on i mean i met with some high up senators uh from arkansas last week and and i was even then now like we're 10 years behind of what the government knows what they know about you know 7g that's coming out all the stuff that they know that's wow. kind of where if you're that if you're Amish that's kind of where you're at you're kind of you're sheltered which is in a good way but you don't know everything that's going on you're kind of left out do you feel like and and slightly off topic but kind of not I mean we talk about it on the show um you know like one of the things I love about Texas is yeah we have all of this this stuff but also I love seeing the kids all out playing in the streets like it's the 90s you know what I mean? Whereas where I came from in Canada, um, everybody just, I don't know, like we became so afraid that <laughs> we all just started staying indoors. Um, I think that's, I think that's a, we grew up with no television, you know, right. we grew up with the internet. So it you have to get outside. You have to go get your hands dirty. You actually have to, so that you get the gift of work, you get the gift of money, you get all those gifts that I think that the Gen Z's and that generation that's coming along right now, Right. They're not getting that. I mean, they they don't, you know, they're watching TV, they're playing games. I mean, that's just, that's all they know. Right. That's and, all they're being taught. And that's kind of where I, was, where I was going with it. I mean, we knew this family, um, you know, bunch of daughters, the Instagram and the TikTok and the whatever, but the, the anxiety levels are mm-hmm. through the roof. And I'm so grateful. I grew up in the 90s and I didn't, it was like, what are you going to do today, bro? I'm going to go hike into the mountains until i get lost fear for my life slightly and then find my way home and that is my mm-hmm. idea of a good day i didn't have the anxieties of sneaker deals and endorsements and am i too fat am i too this that and all of the things so i imagine probably kind of the same like you so you just touched on what i want to key in on but we look gifts we learned the the gift of work is there any other roadmap? Like, do you do you think that's given you a competitive advantage over maybe some other people who aspire to do what you're doing, but maybe haven't done it yet? I think so. But growing up, my dad, the way he taught us, so we're I'm an eighth grade dropout. My brother's a seventh grade dropout. Like the way we grew up, my dad sent us out. Like he knew we were going to fail. Like he knew that we were going to go start something and he would be 100% behind us. Like before I founded this, I failed five, six different times. He spent over six figures and some business adventures that I wanted to start. And I was like, this is the thing. This is what I want to do. And he would go all in and boom, I would, it would, it would fail. It wouldn't work. We wouldn't make any money. So I feel that that was, that's the tipping point that I think kids don't get the chance to, is to go out there and just fail and mm-hmm. to keep going. Like if you get knocked down, like, and he would help that uh, kudos to my dad, but he would help us get back up and be like, no, that's just a small hiccup. Let's keep going. You know, it wasn't your thing. So, you know, let's keep trying. I think that's like, that's huge is given that chance to just go out there and start something. And then if it doesn't work, keep going. You know, there's so much jam packed. I, I need to meet your dad now because I feel like I call them dream stealers, you know, where, there's those people that are like, hey, hey, I want to do this. And they're like, that's going to be tough. That's going to be so tough. You sure that's what you really want? Your dad's going like, no, 
they're going to take their stripes because yep. the more stripes they can take early on, the more successful they'll be. And it panned out. I mean, clearly it worked. I mean, just like any business owner, though, you have those days where you're like, you know, it's easier to just go work a nine to five job. That's easier to just go work, you know, do that, not grow and not have a eight figure company and not to do all this stuff. Like it's, it is a lot easier. Like if it'd be easier, like, you know, managing 50 plus employees, is it, right. you know, is it, it's not, maybe it's not for everybody. Cause if it'd be easy, everybody would do it. But right. he is, I mean, he's, if anybody would ask, you know, who's your hero, he, he would be my hero because he's, I mean, he, uh, he did a dang good job, you know, with six, six, six of us, six boys, one girl. And, <laughs> oh, uh, don't ask me how you'd have to meet him if you want to find out what his secret is, but. Dang, I was going to say, y- y'all are like the Osmond family, but instead of entertainers, you're all like just juggernaut entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't, I, you know, if I ever, if I have some kids one day, I'm going to, I'm going to ask him for some advice because heck, what he did, I mean, I think it, I mean, we met with some centers, like I said, up in Arkansas and that was, uh, I don't know if you remember Sam Walton. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, Walmart. Guy, all his kids were brought up with no TV as well. So now they they make a hundred thousand a minute. So the, between the four kids that get money now, they get 600 million every 90 days in dividend <laughs> shares. So that it's blew unreal. my mind, but the way, and they're building these biking trails and they're donating all this money. They could, they could be doing anything. Right. But, the way they were brought up is it's that gift of money. It's the gift of work and understanding, you know, they makes you more of who you are right now today. Interesting. Yeah. I believe that so deeply it m- money amplifies who you really are. hundred percent. Um, so now talk to me about, so grew up Amish. We've, we've covered that. Um, there's still so many questions I have about that, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to torture, you know, the, the DPB audience, um, but the, the work ethic is really inspiring and I'm, I'm, I'm always inspired by parents who find, especially this day and age who are like, I am going to teach my children something that will set them up for the rest of their lives versus trying to be their friend. Like, but- I, I remember one of my mentors taught me that a well-respected leader is more powerful and more valuable than a good friend. And that's what's coming to my mind as I'm listening to you talk about your dad, Mm -hmm. the the ethics that he's, you know, get blessed you with or gifted to you and and how you're talking about that work ethic as a gift. So tell me, maybe give me an example of some of those failed business ventures that you had. Cause I want to try and piece together. How do you, how you went from those to, building tiny homes it all started out so eight i was eighth grade we dropped out for so i was 14 at the time that's when my dad does he did like we grew up farming so when i say farming not doing going out doing you know corn and beans and all i'm not talking about that i'm talking about we buy cows and we raise them you know then send them out to the you know to feed yard and you know feed them and then you got beef we grew up doing that um we grew up i did chicks i had some chickens i had some cows you know, that, that 14 and on was teaching you how to be an entrepreneur, how to go out on your own, how to invest your money, how to, you know, how to double, how do you 10X your money? How do you go out there and get a return? What's the ROI? Like that was the big thing was 
how can you invest your money? How can you go get an ROI? Because if you don't, then you know you're not you're not making any money. Uh, I did that for the longest time. Didn't make any money at all. I did uh, working you know ten twelve hours a day when I was a young kid. You know, but it was a good experience. What what it taught me was. I went, you know, getting your hands dirty and, you know, getting out there and learning that gift. But I did a, back in before probably 2015, 2014, he bought me, it was over $100,000 worth of equipment uh, to do, to go work for other customers to like take care of their pasture and stuff. Right. And I had this big dream, this, you know, I didn't have, I couldn't go on ChatGPT and get me a business (laughs) plan. I had, you know, in my head, I was like, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to charge. And it didn't work out you know i went out and you know equipment broke down and it cost you know a couple you know a couple thousand more to fix stuff and just wasn't working out to the point where you know we're a year in and it's we're a negative roi and it's like you know we got to do something different uh so that's when uh we sold everything i went out to do commercial roofing with my uncle for about six months i learned a little bit about that that's some more hard work that's 14 15 hours a day on a hot roof out in new mexico where you're in you're in black dust all day with you know yep i grew grew up growing up it was those lessons that taught me you know be don't be satisfied where you're at but you know god has you in this place to you know shape you into the person that you're becoming because if i didn't get all those values doing all that stuff i don't think that i would have what i know now sure it was that gift of you know just learning that's the biggest it makes thing me think, yeah yeah it, it makes me think of when i you know i'm 41 now well i'll be 41 in october uh or for those that are stumbling upon this episode in the year 2070 i'm still 41 <laughs> um but i look back at those moments of my my entrepreneurship journey up to this point and and dialing into some of those moments where i'm like why is this taking so long why is it two steps forward, one step back? Why is this the thing? And now with that hindsight and that experience, I look back and I go, oh, the journey happened. The lessons happened exactly how they needed to happen for me. Right. And and in that context, I can't compare myself to anybody else. You know, like owning a tech company and I'm like, how come Snapchat came out of nowhere? No, it's worth $3 billion. You know, you're like, what did I do wrong? And you're like, dude, you don't even have. A I think that's a that's do. a perfect point of where people, you know, if you're sitting down, you're looking at to the right side, you look at Snapchat, and you're like, you know, they're worth three billion dollars. I just want to be there. Like, that's why can't right. I be that person? Right. We, you know, we look at ourselves and we're like, that's who we compare ourselves to. Or you look to the left, and that guy's looking up to you and and says, I just want to be that person. Yeah. Like they just want to be me. And I'm looking right. to the right and I'm just like, you know, I'm comparing myself to Snapchat. I'm comparing myself like that. Even for me is something that I've had to even challenge myself with. Like, I can't compare where you're at. I can't compare where that person is because what it does is it gets you off track of where you're actually going. Mm. And to be honest with you, we're in a microwave world. The Gen Z's, the, you know, my age, the, even the younger, we want it now. We'll pay, sure. but we want it today. Like, we don't want to wait, you know. 10 years to build a company to, you know, 200 million or a billion or whatever. We don't want to wait. We want it right. now. Right. Yeah. Well, I will admit, uh, I don't know what, I think I'm the first year of the millennial 82, like the very beginning of the whole millennial era. And I want it now. It's like, 
hey, Cirilla, when do you want that thing? Yes, yesterday or sooner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, my mom, I remember being like, Michael, patience is a virtue. I'm like, I guess I'm not very virtuous then. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. Um, yeah. But you're right. I realized for myself, to, to your point, the moment I rid myself of that burden, that unnecessary burden, hey, like everyone's living their own journey. You, mm-hmm. You're worth $3 billion, mazel tov. Mm-hmm. Um, but realizing I've learned what I needed to learn in the way I needed to learn it and in the the perfect, the universe has a great way of doing this. God, if you believe in God, I do, you know, has a perfect way of I doing do. this, mm-hmm. which is you learned it in the exact perfect amount of time that it you needed to let that simmer for you, you mm-hmm. know? I think uh, he takes... Most, go ahead. I think God takes you through those seasons. I think everybody has a season that they go through that gets you ready for that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to grow a $200 million company, there's sure. ups and downs. But understand yep. those ups and downs, like, you know, you can have both, but what, you know, if God has me in those high, you know, those good times... And then you all of a sudden hit where you have bad times, understand that, you know, God maybe has you where he wants you right now. So learn as much as you can, because I think, honestly, you learn more in the desert and more in the downtime when you do up, up top. Like that's, sure. that's what I'm experiencing. Yeah, it's and, and I think, you know, to your point, God gives has given us the gift of agency, the ability to choose. And the sooner we can take ownership over our choices, right? Like choice and accountability going hand in hand. Most people, you know, my worry is that most people don't realize that the life they are living today is the compounding ripple effect of decisions they made a a long time ago. Uh And, but there's people that think God's moving us around like we're pawns on a chessboard. Oh, he put me here. I think your choices put you there, but the brilliance that is God is that he will ensure that you are carried through those dark moments as a result of your choices, exercising your agency, and that you will learn something as a result of your choices. That's the brilliance that is God. But to be like, he wanted me to suffer. Really? He wanted you to suffer? Is that why he sent Jesus to die (laughs) for you so that you wouldn't have to say, no, you're making choices and you're being an idiot. That's why you're suffering. But exactly, 100%. he will make sure you learn the lesson that you need to learn so that you are better, so that you are really? stronger. So that's the way I think of it, um, which has nothing to do with tiny homes. Or maybe it has everything to do with tiny homes. <laughs> you go from cattle to, ti- to roofing to tiny homes. Where does Where's the inspiration for you getting into building tiny homes? Man, to be honest with you, I was sick and tired of having to, you know, work for someone else, building someone else's brand. And I was sure. like, you know, I can, there's something more out there. And I think everyone listening on here, I think everybody has that, that, you know, they look and they're like, I don't, I'm not happy with where I'm at. I think there's more out there for my life. Like hundred percent. I think there is, if you go search for it, there is something, you know, more, if you're, you know, we all look for something that's bigger than ourselves. Like where do we get happiness? It's those things that are bigger than, you know, if it's going on mission trips, if it's growing that business, if it's whatever that, whatever your mission is, I think that's where you have to find out who you are as a person, but you can only do that if you, if you do what you're supposed to do. And so going from a farming industry with, that's all we knew. It's all my dad. My dad did some commercial roofing for about 20 years, but in between that, he was still doing his cattle. Like he would still manage his roofing business ended up selling it 
before we moved to Texas from Arkansas to my uncle, but he was always in that construction. So getting back, working for my uncle, I came back. Uh, we had this 100 by 150 shop or something that when we bought the place, when we moved, there was we were just not doing anything with it. So me and him had the idea of let's, you know, let's build a shed. Let's see what happens, see if we can even. So I went, I did a material list and, you know, never built a shed, never built a 12 by 16 shed, never, you know, didn't even think, you know, five years ago before I did it, that I was going to, that's, this is the industry that I'm going to be in. But went and got the material list, took me three weeks to build it, had it sold before it's, you know, got built. Um, then kept on building for the next seven or eight of them. And then it got me two contractors to come in there and help me build. So the, mm-hmm. for the first two years, I can just let you know right now, there was no ROI. There was no, I mean, we were pumping in, my, my dad was pumping in more money than, than that it was bringing in. But that was another example of him believing in something in myself because I, I had the passion for it. I had the drive for it. I mean, you've met, you've met me and my Colt, me and Colt, my brother. We have the, like, if we put our minds to it, and I think everybody has this drive inside of them that you just have to go out there and you have to find it. Like, nobody can do it for you. You have to go find it. And that's where I got it is back. So 2018, I started. My brother, Colton, he didn't, uh, he's a CEO now. He didn't come on board till 2020. When he came on board then, that's when a lot of thing, things started shifting. Like I was paying my guys way too much. I was paying... I didn't, you know, I didn't have my LLC structured right. Didn't have a lot of that, the the right way to do business. I didn't have anything like CRM. We didn't have anything right. that set up. I didn't know. Right. Sure. And I think a lot of business owners don't really know how to set up a business. You know, have your LLC here and then have it structured to where you get all the tax benefits. And which now we have CFO that does everything for us and structures everything with our real estate company, with our trucking company that does all that now. But if I didn't go through those steps of just going out and learning, like if I'd have just said, man, I don't know how to build a shed. I could have went and spent four weeks on YouTube trying to figure out how to build a shed, but <laughs> that's what I call analysis paralysis. Like it's just, you don't learn unless you just go do it. Like right. that's what happened is I went out there and I just said, I'm going to figure this thing out. And it now that 12 by 16 takes us about eight hours to build versus three weeks. Wow. Uh, so that's how far we've came since twenty end of 2018. So now of figuring out then the SOPs that, you know, you build for your company, your systems processes, your uh, people that you put in place, your managers, your GC, you know, everything is, in that, you know, now in place uh, versus back then. But I just, you had to have that beginning point with the end, you know, with that end where this is where I want to go. This is the vision that I want. Oh man, you're, you're banging a drum that I just... I believe so deeply and it's it's having the right people having the right processes uh-huh. having the right partners i don't i don't want just employees and i don't want just vendors i need partners like people who also buy into the vision um and all of those things come before profits and you know as you're sharing your story it's like yep beginning days no roi just sinking everything into this thing to to build something out uh and then to see where you are today people partnerships, profits, you know, you guys are doing some tremendous stuff over there. Uh, and I, and I just love hearing you talk about like, Hey, this is the journey. When we live in a world where it's instant gratification and everybody wants, you know, we see this often in, in especially the car dealership world where it's like pay for ad, get lead, sell product. 
not realizing, yeah, but there's a lot of process that actually has to go into that piece alone. You know, irregardless of, well, who's doing the follow-up? What does the follow-up look like? When do they talk to somebody on the phone? Who invites them to come in? When they come in, what is the experience like once they come in and and walk? The walk hospitality your, and everything. The hospitality and everything. Like who who does all of these pieces? And, you know, I think about it in terms of of marketing in the auto world where it's like, okay, I built a website. How come my showroom's not full? <laughs> right. Hey, okay, yeah. I hired a BDC. How come my how come my showroom's not full? You're like, bro, what's the process look like? Who, do you have the right people in place? Are they passionate? Are they bought in? Are they trained? You know, you look at somebody like Cardone and his boiler room and the criteria by which those those people must be disciplined and live their life and what they got to do every day. Like it is so much more than building, you know, just building a culture, like building a culture and a mm. culture of discipline. of, uh, And that's what we're teaching. Like when us, we start to hire a lot of young people and our culture is a lot of young people. But as a leader, I think a lot of people, you know, you know, if you're going out, starting your business as a leader, you take a lot of that responsibility. Like you're responsible for who are we going to put in, who are we going to put in place of this, you know, this place or who we're going to put here and here and here. Like you have to take that responsibility, but it, that in between those processes, like you were talking about, that's, that is huge. That's huge in a business that a lot right. of people, I think that don't, you know, realize what it takes to, to build, you know, a $250 million company. I, there's this exercise I remember early on um, as I was really starting to invest in myself. I, I purchased this seminar on CD. Yeah, if you, if for those listening, the, the Gen Z or CDs, the shiny disc. That, <laughs> What's that? I'm not yeah, sure yeah, what you're yeah. talking what, about. What is that? Did he say MP3 or CD? In it, they make you do this exercise where on a sheet of paper, you, you draw a line down the middle and you say on the right hand side, you write willingness to learn on the left hand side or sorry, on the left hand side, willingness to learn on the right hand side, willingness to take action. And they teach you that in order to be successful, to your point about dis culture of discipline, in order to achieve your definition of success, your willingness to learn must be a 10 out of 10 and your willingness to take action must be a 10 out of 10. So they go, okay, everybody, you know, make this, this chart for yourself and rate your willingness to learn whatever you need to learn in order to be successful. And of course you go 10 out of 10. Absolutely. I am so willing. And they go, okay. And then what's your willingness to take action on the things you've learned? And you go, of course it's 10 out of 10. And then they say, okay, we haven't talked about sacrifice and discipline yet. You know, just like before the call, you're asking me if I was going to do 75 hard because you're thinking about it. Talk about discipline, willingness to do whatever it takes. Um, so then they go, okay, well, we haven't talked about the sacrifice part yet. What if I told you the only way to achieve success is to give up coffee? Now, I don't I mean, drink coffee, so that's easy for me, but I know that a lot of people do. There's a big give up culture something that's, it. Right. Give up something that's your... Yeah. Right. To make room, right? It's not about just giving it up. It's about creating space to replace with something that is more beneficial. So of course, you know, everybody does this exercise. They're like, give up coffee. Yep. Now rate your willingness to learn. Oh, it's like a four, four out of 10. What's your willingness to take action? Oh, like a three out of 10. It's like, sorry, it's gotta be 10 out of 10. 
And we find that whether it's dealerships, I'm sure you see it in your business. I know I see it in mine. It's like, but when you map against, I must sacrifice something. I must show discipline in something. Maybe it's waking up earlier. Maybe it's making sure my CRM process is dialed in that I'm using that piece of software correctly every single time, whatever it might be, whatever I'm asked to give, does that take away from my willingness to take action and my willingness to learn or does it enhance it? And therein we find that, that, that definition of success, you're, you almost accelerate towards it. As a business owner and as a leader, you have to take that sacrifice. You know, if you're trying to teach, you're trying to bring in the culture of discipline. That's some of the things that you, you have to do first. They have right. to, you know, before I can't just say, hey, I'm going to do 75 hard. I think you should too. <laughs> no, let's go. Let me go try it. Let me go do it. And I'll go show you what my results are. I'm going to show you what all it's going to do. Like some, at some point, you know, the things that there's some people on, you know, I listen to them on YouTube and they're, they're like, we did, you know, $200 million. We did this and that, this and that. And I'm like, is that before, is that after EBITDA or is that just a, just a number you, you know, you got somewhere like. That's some of the things that I'm like, you know, are you just saying that or are you actually, do you believe in that? Have you done it? Are you disciplined? Like you're saying, you know, all right. those guys on TikTok going famous, all that. Are you really doing it yourself? Are you living life that way? Are you just, you know, it sounds good. That's the TikTok algorithm. And I know if I go on there and say it, I'm going to get, you know, TikTok famous. Anybody can do that. Yeah. But is anybody actually going out there and putting in the work? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's. that's you think of like guys like uh, Logan Paul, right? And everything that that guy's built today. But I, I remember stumbling upon an interview with him and he's like, no, you don't understand. I, I developed, wrote, created, and filmed a video every single day for eight years before anyone noticed. Yeah. That discipline of doing something every single day. Consistency. Right. And then you look at 800%. What does Glenn tell us to do? A video every day. How many people actually do it? It's like consistency. Yep. 100%. Man, I could talk to you forever. You, you are, uh, you're so impressive. Love hearing your story. Um, I want to just turn it back to you real quick in closing. How can those listening or watching get in touch with you and connect with you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter at the Kyler Croft. Uh, if you want to put it in your uh, the bottom of the podcast or they can go follow my company at Saddlebrook Life I'm on Facebook YouTube all over um, that's how they can go learn more about what we do what we build the investments that we're doing we do some real estate uh, we're doing some tiny home parks there's a lot of cool stuff that's happening inside the company what we're building is not only just we're not building just companies but we're building people in the you know in a time of of where we're at in the economy. Like we're building affordable homes for people. You know, we're trying to make a difference for the people that can't buy that, you know, $400,000 home. So a lot of cool stuff happening there. Go follow us on the at Saddlebrook Life. We're on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, you can see all the updates, everything that we're doing. I got, we got some cool stuff coming. Awesome, man. Kyler, thanks so much for joining me on the Dealer Playbook Podcast. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. I'm Michael Cirillo, and you've been listening to the Dealer Playbook Podcast. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.